Hey, everybody. Dave Hagen here. This is the first episode of 2021. So let's get going. That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the fourth season of the Financial Wellness Podcast. Who would have thought going into our fourth season, this is the first show of the fourth season season. So this is show 401. For those of you in the know, that means season four, show one, not 401 episodes, although we've done about a third of that. This is season four, show one. With me today, Nick Appel. Hey, Nick, how you doing? Hey, Dave. All's good. Happy New Year. Same to you. Same to you. Who would have thought we'd be going into our fourth year? Uh, You know what? I'm just happy to be here. (laughs) <laughs> you were there at the beginning where we were sitting at a table and we we're going, hey, wouldn't it be kind of cool to do a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and I was going, no, no, we got to do this or that. And you're going, Dave, let's let's just lay out a couple and see how they go. And one thing led to another and and there we are. So anyway, hey, with us today, our engineer, Scott Walton. Scott's coming to us from Van Nuys. He's putting it all together and making it happen. I'm coming to you from Topanga, California. Nick, you're at, uh, what? You're in Woodland Hills. Sure am. Normally, you're in uh, Diego, but uh, you're in Woodland Hills today. That's correct. And you get around. Good for you. Well, today, I want to talk about, or wanted to talk about, extreme goal setting, because I think that's something that we should talk about and do in the early part of every year. Not only goal setting, but this year, extreme goal setting. But because 2020 was such a wild ride, or as we're going to call it, the 2020, I think a little bit of perspective would still be beneficial, especially as we head into the the planning part of the year next week. So tune in next week. We're going to talk about extreme goal setting, but a little piece of perspective on 2020. Wow. I don't know about you, Nick, but 2020 was probably the wildest, most difficult year, I mean, really, we may see in our lives. And just completely unexpected. Yeah, I mean, last year at this time, did we have any clue? I mean, zero, zip. I don't think they were hardly reporting on it in January. Uh, you know, even the fact that they had a virus uh, over, in, over in China. So it isn't going to get much crazy. Now, people would say, oh, the worst year of all time, terrible, terrible. I don't know. Maybe there's been more difficult or worse years, but it certainly has been wild and unexpected. And um, you know what? We're still here. (laughs) The vast majority of us are still alive. We're still here. Now, I'm sure everybody knows somebody who got sick or maybe died from COVID. I I know somebody that um, passed away um, recently, and I knew someone else who had it and was hospitalized and uh, thought they were going to pass away, a very um, uh, chilling and sobering um, circumstance. But for the vast majority of us, hey, we're here. You're here, Nick. 
I am here. Scott's here. <laughs> We're doing our thing, man. I, I just, I don't even know what, you know, pre-COVID is like anymore. <laughs> well, it's kind of hard to remember, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but, you know, and also I just feel like this year just flew by. Yeah, well, in some ways it went fast. And in some ways it just went, oh, come on. Right. When can when can I go out to a restaurant? When can I go get some, you know, when can I go to get a chili burger or something, you know? Right. I don't know. But, you know, the vast majority of us have not been wiped out financially either. And I thought there'd be an awful lot more of that. You know, there's certainly a large amount of people that are experiencing profound um, financial pain. I know I've consulted with um, several people and in, in businesses in that circumstance. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be many more as this economy adjusts itself to this new status quo. But despite it all, despite it all, the majority of us are, are still here as individuals, businesses, organizations, a country, maybe surprising as still as a country, and as a humankind, we're still here. And that is something to pause and take in and uh, be appreciative of. But going forward, how are we going to deal with this past year? So, of course, I've got some ideas on that. Um, I've got a good friend, Mark Given. I've interviewed him on the show before. Look about 18 months uh, uh, into the show, about a year and a half or so. And I um, interviewed Mark Given over a, over a little cell phone. And, and now we do this over um, a different way. And the sound quality is better. But um, Mark is a good friend of mine. He's a noted author and speaker. He's published a whole series of books based on his trust-based philosophy. So his books are titled Trust-Based Leadership, Trust-Based Success, Trust-Based Networking, and Trust-Based Time Management. And he usually flies all over the country giving talks to various business groups about these kinds of things. He's a pretty popular speaker, frankly. Uh, if you want to see his stuff, you can go to markgiven.com, M-A-R-K-G-I-V-E-N.com. His books and some videos and stuff he's got there. Um, I recommend he's from South Carolina. He's a really nice Southern gentleman. I think you get a kick out of it. That's markgiven.com. Anyway, he periodically sends emails out to, to his list, and I'm blessed to be on that list. And he sent me something in December that I thought was particularly poignant. So this is what it said in part. It said, 2021 may be a new year, but you still have little control over the effects of COVID-19. You really don't have any say in how your governor decides how to protect the population. You can't hardly predict how consumers or your boss will react to your current services or products. You barely know what each day will end up bringing. Boy, isn't that the truth? And you didn't even imagine a year ago that you'd be living life this way. And Nick, you just, you just said that. You just reiterated that. You hadn't even uh, heard, heard this email yet. Yeah, it was, you know, I, I just hope this year is better than the last. Of course it will be. So the email goes on. It says, but of course, the better part is you can still dream of how you want things to be and act on it. You can take the time today to write down big goals for your future. We're going to talk about that next week. 
you can wake up every day in 2021 and decide how to have a positive attitude. You can reach out to others that need your help and lift them up. You can learn some huge lessons from the pandemic that will propel you towards a better life and a stronger business that will benefit you and others. Continuing on, it says, life sure threw us a curveball in 2020, but the master key is to take all we've experienced and make it a stepping stone to bigger and richer opportunities. Today is the day to show up for the pregame prepared to win. I plan to do just that. How about you? Hmm. For me, this really hit the mark. I mean, last year was so incredibly difficult with a lot of things we couldn't control. And this year, there's still some things we can't control. However, a new year gives us the opportunity to evaluate last year and plan for a successful year forward. What a great opportunity. And I plan to do just that. How about you? So thanks, Mark, for a great email. It really got me psyched about moving from the past year and learning from the past year and getting ready for this year because we're in the first week in January already. And again, I plan to do just that. How about you all? Nick, what are your thoughts? I think that there was a very good point to where we really need to focus on what we can control and what we cannot. And if we can't control something, we really have to set it aside and focus on what we can. And I I really appreciated what Mark had to say about that. I thought that was great. It's uh, almost, uh, uh, you know, related to that. What is it, that prayer? And I I think it's from uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, God, give me the, the power to know or, or to, um, Oh yeah. Only change what we can control or something like that. Yeah. To, to understand the, you know, to understand what I can't control. There's a more eloquent way that they said that, but, um, I thought there was a lot of truth. I've always thought, frankly, there was a lot of truth to that, but I just like the way that, that, um, he laid it out and the way he set it up. And, you know, at the end of last year, I was, talking in many of the shows about, you know, what a, what a poop pile we've been dealing with. However, what an opportunity um, is coming up and what an opportunity we have to, to learn from that. So uh, I don't know. I plan to do just that. How about y'all? This is Dave Hagan, and you're listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications. Let's listen in now as Dave answers some emails. All right. We've got some interesting emails that have been sitting here for a while, but the one I really want you to pull up, Nick, is the one that talked about a little bit of perspective from last year. I think it was from Mary. Can you find that? Yeah, I got it right in front of me, Dave. It says uh, from Mary. 
Dave, what surprised you about last year in terms of personal finance or in general? Love the show, Mary. Mm, I like that. I like that. Well, here's a couple of things. I'm just off the, the top of my head. I, actually, it's not quite off the top of my head because I read this just a little while ago. But here are some things that surprised me. I think I've, I've broken it down into, I don't know, three or four or five categories. First of all, um, the COVID. I was really surprised that it became so dominant so fast. Um, it really kind of snuck up on us and, and shut us down. Highly, highly contagious, apparently. You know, previously, we had uh, SARS. And I remember a lot of people were, were wearing masks. Um, I remember that uh, my wife went to um, Japan at the time, and she was telling me that everybody was wearing, wearing masks. And uh, us, not so much. I think there were some people that were but they got it under control. I remember a couple of years ago, they were talking about Ebola. Remember that? Oh, you get Ebola and your, your body dissolves. Oh yeah. But those things seemed to, to peter out. It seemed like they would rage a little bit and then peter out. And that's kind of what I expected, but uh, COVID didn't. I mean, we got our arms around it, the rate went down and now it's, now it's raging back. So that, that really surprised me. Um, it surprised me that it didn't seem like as a country or maybe humanity, we had a thought out comprehensive plan to deal with it. I would have assumed that governmental agencies would have had something right in an envelope or a, a notebook that they would open up and um, they would go, okay, do this and this and this and this. I mean, remember back at the beginning, Nick, they were saying, well, you really don't need a mask. And so oh, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't wearing a mask. They said, well, okay, they don't say that that's a big deal. And then they were saying, you know, don't touch anything. So everyone was washing their hands every 10 minutes. Everyone's walking around with chapped hands. Um, so our, our thinking on this has evolved a little bit. And, and I understand we didn't know what we were dealing with, but I really thought that there would have been something a little more comprehensive. I mean, in, in retrospect, um, close down the borders. You know, start scanning and cleaning anything that comes through the ports. Um, tough things to do, especially on a national level, especially uh, with a national government or doing it through a national government because we're so state driven here in the United States. But um, I was surprised that we didn't have a little better plan on the shelf. What about you? Yeah, I also think, you know, I think you have a point, but. I also think at the same time, we haven't seen, you know, this type of pandemic in a century. Yeah. Um, but I think moving forward, I, I hope, you know, we'll be more prepared. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You remember, you might have remembered in, in conversations we had last year, the year before, maybe, maybe even here on the show, I said, one of the things that surprised me is that as a country of humanity, we haven't been able to yet get our hands around virus. And by that, I meant flu, I meant um, AIDS, um, so many other the flu type illnesses that we have. We've, we've been able to do some things with you know, cancer and so many other diseases. And yet we almost seems like we've ignored flu. Maybe not, but it seemed like it. And when it hits, it hit us hard now. I guess on the good side, we now know how to deal with viruses, don't we? We can we can whip up a little vaccine and test it I, and have it ready to go. I am shocked how quickly 
you know, companies were able to push out a vaccine. I'm, you know, I'm so thankful for them. Absolutely. Four companies, actually. And, uh, you know, when you think about it, we had a vaccination ready to go tested in nine months, less than a year. And it used to take, what, five, 10 years it's just to incredible. test out a vaccine. I, I mean, I think in March or April, you know, um, you know, top officials were saying we wouldn't have a vaccine for years. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And that's something we should celebrate, frankly. And I know they're talking about issues regarding delays in the rollout and blah, 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 blah. But uh, and yeah, there's issues. I'm sure there's issues. That's to be expected, frankly. But uh, I think that's something that we should celebrate. Nine months from the country shutting down until where they're putting a tested product in somebody's arm. Um, that's pretty incredible. That's pretty incredible. I don't think we, we celebrate that enough. Um, something else that surprised me about the COVID was I knew nothing of the Spanish flu in 1918. Um, I probably read about it in a book when I was young, but I, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't in the top of my consciousness. It wasn't even in my, my data bank. Um, someone said Spanish flu of 1918. I go, yeah, okay. And I, I guess I kind of remember something about that. But it's kind of interesting because it was believed to be of avian origin. Um, this one may be, maybe not. It originated in Spain, hence the name Spanish flu. Uh, I, I think our thought process about labeling things was different back then. Um, there were 50 million deaths worldwide and 675,000 deaths in the United States. So twice as bad as now. Can you imagine? I mean, we're up to what, 3, 350? We, yeah. we may end up losing, I don't know, another uh, 400, 500, something like that. Um, if we don't simmer down, um, but something quite a bit more difficult than, than apparently what we're dealing with now. I never knew about this. I didn't even know that many people believe that the, the pent up capacity, um, the pent up frustration with the Spanish flu led to the roaring 20s. I never knew that. Incredible economic expansion. Now, a lot of people will tell you the, the Roaring Twenties also had a lot of, um, you know, personal and social injustices. It was a pretty decadent time. But there was this incredible economy after the Spanish flu. Hmm. Might that relate to 2021? Hmm. Might that relate to the business possibilities from next year? That's Pretty incredible. Someone just told me that they thought, they thought the Spanish flu originated in Kansas. I don't, I don't know. Um, we get a lot of stuff from Kansas, but um, uh, I was told at least that it originated in, in Spain. Um, you know, to me, the thing that surprised me probably the most about the COVID is the trouble that we're having with the mask and the gathering. It seems like we just can't come to some consensus and people are all dug in uh, on something as simple as the mask and gathering together. Uh, people yell and scream at each other over using a mask. I know there's a lot of places in the country where they're, they're not using the mask at all. Heck, there's counties um, where people aren't using the mask. We were up in the San Bernardino Mountains um, just a couple of days ago and you, you walk into a restaurant and everybody's sitting there smiling at the corner booth and it's like, Whoa, I don't know. I don't know how that looks. That that concerns me a little bit. 
Um, and this gathering thing, I saw in the Times that there were a couple of places uh, that had New Year's singing and gathering, um, religious um, um, gatherings. And that really surprises me. I know a group, um, a ski club, 70 people, and they just got on an airplane to fly to Colorado and spend a week, you know, huddled together and having dinners and cocktail hours and uh, yeah, skiing's outside, but there's an awful lot of skiing that ends up, or related to skiing that ends up being indoors and you're basically breathing other people's breath. I, I don't know if I do that. You know, it, it, it just seems to me that it's only thoughtful and respectful to use a mask and not get together in groups, at least in the short term. But that's me. Nick, you have a different perspective? Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think, you know, I just feel so bad for, you know, business owners who can't open up shop, who still have to pay rent, who still have these obligations. I think we should open up the economy. And if, if you're sick, if you know you're going to be around people who can't become um, infected and you're scared of transmitting, you know, COVID to them, then don't go out. But I'm a fan of personal responsibility. I think we have to open up shop and, you know, there's bills that have to be paid. Banks are going to come after you. Uh, Anyone who provides a mortgage is still going to come after you. So, you know, in short, that's my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Although personal responsibility, sometimes people don't even know. (laughs) You know, the, the majority of the people are asymptomatic. And, you know, the same thing with that, common, common sense as well, just not so common. You know, I mean, we, uh, um, you know, in my house, in my residence, we had COVID. And wow. um, somebody somebody who comes to the house, who's been coming to the house once a week, a, a treasured family friend uh, came to the house, was at the house four or five hours. And uh, we got a call about a week later. It was actually a text. It says, oh, you know, I want to tell you I was positive for COVID. So totally innocent COVID was in the house. And we immediately shut down our lives. We immediately, within three hours, I was um, on a call or uh, a video with a doctor. The next day, I was shopping and getting quick tests, quick results tests. A week later, we're getting the more comprehensive test. Um totally innocent and yet it it gets around well it, it gets around well but you weren't infected though right it, it wasn't transmitted to you no nope neither neither but my wife and I were both in pretty close proximity to this friend of ours right um, and we could have easily had it and had no symptoms a week later it's, and we could have been transmitting it to our friends so my my, my folks are in their 90s right it could have killed them and right. I wouldn't have even known or had any note of it. I don't know. These are these are tough. These are tough decisions to make because I think there's validity in both points of view. I agree. I think you and I just fall right. on different. Uh, you and I just fall on different sides of the um, of the discussion. That's all. Yeah. No. I I definitely agree with you. And you know, there's no right answer. Right. The, the, that's that. That's really the tough part. Is that there's no right answer. Right. Because of that, you know, like on social media, you see all of these people, you know, who, you know, think they know what's right. And, 
no, no one knows the answer, Dave, you know, and it's just so tough. That that's why, you know, I'll, I'll err to the side being a little conservative, but that's, that's me. And and the problem is with the social media and that just, that's what boils your blood. Oh yeah. Um, someone posts on social media and it's like seeing someone on TV, like what they say has some extra credence. <laughs> I, I remember sometime, well, sometime ago, I saw a guy at a party. I met a guy at a party and he did like a little local commercial as a realtor. And uh, they go, Oh, Bubba Ba is here. You want to meet him? And I go, yeah, I've seen him. I want to meet that guy. Like he was a celebrity and he was just a dude. You know, he was just a dude that paid some money to be on TV. But we we give people in the media added credence. And anyone doesn't even have to think clearly and they can post stuff. And it's and down the rabbit hole we all go, you know, and it, and it devolves into name calling and blah, 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 blah. Oh, it's yeah. unfortunate. And, and, and I do want to amend my answer. I Even though I think that we should reopen the economy, I still think masks are important. So it's not like go back to normal, but at least for right now, you know, be socially distant, wear a mask. And it's not that hard. And it just it really boils my blood when people are just so opposed to not wearing a mask in public. It's 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 not like we're asking people to wear a mask in their house. Just be respectful of others. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, it's the least you can do, it seems to me, as a matter of thoughtfulness and courtesy. I mean, exactly. It, it, it's such a nothing. And yet, it, it, yeah, it's uncomfortable and your glasses fog up and blah, 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 blah. Have you, have you got a haircut yet with a mask on? I have. <laughs> yeah. What a pain in the neck, right? They got to you know, take it off your ear and cut around. It's a pain in the ass. I mean, it's I, a pain I mean, in the neck. Yeah. I mean, fortunately, my, my barber uh, is pretty good and, uh, I get my haircut pretty short on the sides. And so they take it off quickly, but you know, it, it was getting, you just got to get used to it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Another area where I was kind of surprised the stock market. Wow. And this relates to TFWP. I mean, the stock market basically crashed in, in March, April, and it, it fell. I mean, it fell 30%. And it came back completely by the end of the year. That surprised me as well. You know, it it went. It started the year. The the Dow started the year at twenty eight thousand five hundred, roughly. Ended up at thirty thousand six hundred. Was up about seven or eight percent. That's after being down thirty percent in April. All of that surprised me. Really surprised me. I didn't see the downtick uh, being quite so severe. Of course, I didn't see the COVID coming. Um, but I didn't see I, I didn't see the uptick being quite so much in that we would end the year, you know, positive seven, eight percent. That's that's not bad. But how about some individual stocks? Oh my goodness. Oh Apple, yeah. <laughs> up 80 percent. Now, as as many of the listeners know, I love Apple. I'm not recommending it because we don't recommend stocks here on the TFWP. But I love Apple, but I didn't see that coming. 80 percent in a year. What about What's Tesla, Dave? Well, Tesla, 800%, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you got to love that. I mean, what's a, what's a good rate of return if you're following a conservative investment, long-term investment strategy? Wasn't well, it like 8%, like right around that? 8, 10, 12. Yeah. You know, that's 12 is a good year. 800% for Tesla. 800% for Tesla. Now, yeah, it's, it's probably, you know, it's, it's probably inflated. But um, what a great company with great potential. Um, solar panels, cars, um, you know, uh, the whole nine yards. But who, who would have thought? I did not see that 
coming, even though I very much like that company. Um, what about in terms of business? What surprised me? Well, I, many did okay. Uh, you know, witnessed the market and earnings. Um, and that surprised me. I thought larger corporations would have bigger problems, but I guess they've got deeper pockets and can borrow money. And they were pretty wise in terms of how they changed their business strategy. So, um, you know, a lot of businesses did okay. Of course, the other side of the coin is some businesses have been closed. I mean, nail salons, haircutting places, food um, places, um, you know, but, but a lot of big business did okay. Um, driving to work will forever be changed. And we've talked about this on the, on the show, um, driving into work five days a week. I don't think we're ever going to see it happen for a lot of professions. Um, I saw a survey where, uh, some, I think it was an accounting group did it. And they, they found that 37% of all the jobs out there could be completely done from home or substantially done from home, rarely showing up. Uh, that surprised me. It's a good thing. I think in the long run, but that surprised me. It surprised me that productivity at home was so good. You know, I would always think that if people are at home, they get distracted and they go to the refrigerator. And But we're finding that there's a lot of people that are really productive at home. In fact, because they're not driving, they're more productive than ever. And we talked about that on some shows. So that surprised me. Um, and I think I'm surprised that many industries and jobs are going to be changed forever. I mean, life is changed. Business is changed. Personal finance has changed. A lot of it for the good, some of it for the bad, but it's it's certainly changed. Another thing that that really surprised me, uh, Nick, you'll probably appreciate this: the electric electrification of cars. Oh yeah. I mean, there's Teslas all over the place. There's these Model Threes. We're seeing some Ys. They're all over the place. Um, but also, the Ford Mustang, which is electric now. The the Volvo, the Cadillac, Toyota's gotten electric. They're all coming out with electric cars. And they all say in what four or five years, most of their product line is going to be electric. So the electrification of the car industry is, is a foregone con conclusion, it seems to me. And that really surprised me. Going into the year, it was like, well, okay, that'll be an offering. But I think that we're seeing that electric cars are going to be a lot more uh, commonplace, a lot more dominant um, based upon the last year. I think that's good. I think that's good for the environment and it's potentially a better product all the way around, at least in my opinion. Well, well, Dave, you, you know, we didn't talk about the election. Did, did it surprise you? Nah, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> Politics as usual. I guess the thing that surprised me a little bit is the extremes are becoming more extreme and, um, the name calling and labeling is becoming more extreme, more than I've ever seen in my lifetime. Yep. And I, and I think that that's, that's too bad. There's a lot of people that are in the middle and they're getting caught up in, you know, all of this, this name calling stuff, but the election itself, nah, and you know, it is what it is. You could probably see some of these things coming a mile away. Um, and are things going to be appreciably different next year politically in some ways? Yes. I mean, we know we're not going to get as many tweets from the White House, but in so many ways, it's just going to be the same. It's just going to be the same old stuff. So maybe a little calmer, uh, but it is what it is. 
Here, here's another thing. I'm, I'm really surprised that so many people are, are catching on to personal finance issues. And I, I think that's really cool. I'll pat ourselves on, a ba- or on the back here, Nick. Um, the more I talk to people, I hear them know and understand that you need a three to six month emergency fund. Right. People are talking about that. And I think that's great. Not enough because studies are still showing that uh, a lot of people are living to paycheck from paycheck to paycheck. But uh, three to six months, yeah, emergency fund. I think people are starting to know and understand um, the personal finance books that are out there. You know, Intelligent Investor, uh, uh, The Dividend Hunter. Uh, we interviewed <laughs> the author uh, a couple months ago. Um, those kinds of things. So I think that that's good. Um, I'm also surprised that that people are considering using financial planners more. And, and of course they should. But the thing that surprises me that the industry is only slated to grow about 2% a year. And that's way under what I think um, the need um, and the, you know, the advisability of it is. So that's, that's pretty surprising to me. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. I, I just do. The, the laws change so much in terms of uh, IRAs and Roth IRAs and 529s and all those kinds of plans. Um, and people can't keep up with, with all of that. And I think they're going to rely on, you know, financial advisors, financial planners to kind of walk them through that and also put together um, some kind of a a comprehensive plan. How about you, Nick? You see people talking about or using financial planners more? You know, I I have some friends that do, you know, uh, one of my good buddies, you know, Ryan was on, on the show, Mm -hmm. promoted his uh, Dividend Hunter book, but Mm -hmm. no, in general, not really, Dave. Yeah. And, And you see what I mean? Uh, people should be doing that more and more because they should have some kind of a long-term plan that's rooted um, in their tombstone statement, rooted in their goals, rooted in their beliefs. And yet not not enough people do, but hopefully things will evolve. Hopefully shows like this will get more and more people to think in a more comprehensive, thoughtful way. And they'll be, you know, more successful in the, in the long-term. Well, Hey, that's a wrap. We're out of time. Uh, there's big stuff ahead this next year. You know, we're, we're talking about the expansion of the economy, potentially, like the economy grew after the Spanish flu. I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how we continue to hopefully um, battle and grind out this corona thing and we distribute the, the vaccine. Um, I think this next year is going to be full of surprising business opportunities, and then this next year, the TFWP is going to go back to a theme uh, time and then time again throughout the next year. And that theme is financial success is more about the heart than the head. Ooh. What does this mean? Well, tune in because many times during this next year, we are going to relate back to this topic. I think it's so critical to what we do here at the TFWP. Financial success is more about the heart than the head. This is Dave Hagan, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. 
If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.